Hoodoo Plant Mamas Get your soul fed and your spirit red This here ain't no trend I possess the power from way back when That quick book was stripped from all of their kin So they had to find the magic within Ancestors and gather my herbs I conjure at my altar Hoodoo Plant mama. I manifest growth and I release trauma. Child, we just out here trying to water our plants and mind our business, you know? Everybody here from the deep south, man. Everybody can have culture like us. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Who Do Plant Mama's Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Nicole. And I'm Danny B. And thank you for coming back for another episode. Um, before we get started, let's check in. Danny B, how have you been since our last episode? I'm making it. I'm very exhausted. Um, just a lot of schoolwork. And someone that I was interviewing for this article I'm working on, a minister, I've been interviewing ministers, and she was the first one. And she read me after our interview. Ask for consent, which I love because, listen, I know y'all prophets, you know how older black women are. Sometimes they don't even prepare you. They'll just say, I see you dealing with a man that you need to let go. Like, they'll just put it, they'll just say it, something like that. She didn't say that to me because I'm not dealing with no means. But she called me out with consent and asked me if she could share because spirit laid it on her heart. And... That's, I've just been thinking about that all weekend because it was something that I, that needed to be said. It was, I am, um, yeah, that sh- me and her was supposed to talk and she was supposed to tell me that. And it, and I, and even the person that connected us, I was so shook. Like, I definitely believe in, that people can see you in that way. But I remember the person that connected us, I messaged him and said, nah, fam, did you tell her something about me? Because it was too on point. And he was like, nah, man, she just be knowing. <laughs> so anyway, that was a beautiful thing that happened. And that's how I'm feeling. I'm just, I'm feeling like I got work to do, me and my therapist. <laughs> and, then, and so I'm thankful for that little nugget I got. I'm going into gratitude, but that's that's just how I'm doing. Yeah. Um, Same as you, I am making it. I have been moving pretty much all of February. I had to turn in my keys at the end. Um, and it was hard. My my roommate is a healthcare worker, so he was working 12 hours a day. Um, so I had to pack up the whole house by myself and do all of the things to get ready for a move. And that was very hard for me. I So to reward myself, I went to the beach last week. <laughs> And it was so bad that both him and my therapist were like, I'm so proud of you for leaving the house. I'm like, oh my God. Because <laughs> I do not leave here. I just pace my house 24-7. I'm like, I, I need to get outside. But it was really nice to just be able to breathe and get fresh air. And I went to the farmer's market with my friend um, this weekend. So that was nice too. So yeah. I'm trying to spend more time in nature and take better care of myself. So, the end. 
Listen, I need to come. You know, I'd be scared to come to Florida, which is so funny because we both from Mississippi. But I be trying to tell people like y'all be giving Mississippi too much when Florida is right there. <laughs> and arguably Everyone worse. Is here. Everyone is here right now because Florida is 100 percent open during a panini and it's hot where everywhere else I think it's heating up everywhere else but it's nice and warm so everyone is here when I went to the beach it was packed I was like oh my god but I know like where to go to stay away from people (laughs) yeah I mean and also didn't Trump move to Florida I'm just saying he moved to Mississippi yeah he moved to Florida so y'all need to give some of that energy to Florida especially like well we ain't gotta get on that we'll talk about that another time but let's get into some gratitude (laughs) what are you grateful for today I was actually thinking about this because usually every time we do this, I'm like, oh my God, I have to fix something. But I was like thinking back over my life and just thinking about all of these moments where I was given like ease and grace and support. And so I'm thankful to my ancestors at least because they constantly remind me that like, I don't have to struggle. That was a something I had in a reading last year um, with a reader who was encouraging me to leave my job because she was like, you are struggling and your ancestors don't like the way you're being treated right now. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I'm very grateful for the ancestors, um, for my ancestors at least, for continuously reminding me that I am worthy of ease, I'm worthy of rest. What are you grateful for? I love that. And I think it ties into what I'm about to share. So I'm thankful for elders. I know we talk about our ancestors a lot, but man, I'm so thankful for elders because I got a message from two elders, one directly and then one indirectly from, um, I was listening to the Black Girl Mystic podcast with Dr. Mims. She is 93 or 94. There was something that she said that has stayed with me. And she said that black women deserve to live glamorous, beautiful lives. We're so beautiful and glamorous. And you need to basically we need to be living, leaning and living in glamour. And so I'm thankful for that because now I'm just like, nah, why am I not bedazzled in jewels? And why, why I keep wearing all these dark bland colors like, girl, you deserve glamour in your life. You deserve to feel as beautiful as you are. And yeah, you we we deserve that. OK, so. That's what I'm thankful for. Let's get into the show. Yes. So today um, we are talking a bit about decolonization. I know that when we started this podcast, that was kind of our um, framework for talking about spirituality and talking about blackness. Um, I just wanted to spend a little time to say what is decolonization and why it is important. So decolonization is this process of deconstructing colonial ideologies of the superiority and privilege of Western thought and approaches. 
So basically what that involves is destroying structures that perpetuate the status quo and addressing unbalanced power dynamics. So there are many different institutions that fall under colonialism, uh, white supremacy, patriarchy, ableism, capitalism, all the isms. <laughs> Homophobia, transphobia. And I like what you said here about how people don't realize how powerful it is. It's okay to like question why you feel the way about a certain thing. I've had to do that. Like when you are actively trying to get free, getting free means you got to get uncomfortable. Um, like for instance, when, and I've heard another person who does ancestral work say, yeah, one time a spirit revealed themselves to me and I was shook. I asked him not to do that anymore because we have been so conditioned to be afraid of the things that um, are native to where our ancestors were brought from. And really, when it comes to all like traditions that aren't Christianity, um, that are rooted in a certain type of spirituality and engagement with different spirits and deities. We look down on it. Um, and we never, instead of saying, well, why? You fall back on the same tool that has been used for years to colonize people all over this world. The thing with Christianity and other, you know, I don't, I, Christianity is not the only one, but it has been the most powerful is that it wasn't just African people. It was so many different other groups in their countries. You have Westerners continuing to go into countries and try to like convert people as if something is wrong with the tools that they were given by God because we all, every spiritual tradition and religion recognizes a higher power. That higher power, whatever they called, call that a higher power, provided them with the tools, created them, and placed them in that place and gave them what they needed to connect with it, with it as in God, as in a higher power. And yet we never ask ourselves, why is it okay? And why do we lean into that to say, I don't care what y'all say, y'all are going to hell, Jesus Christ is my savior, and that's fine. But why? Are you invested in a superiority complex when it comes to other people who are literally just minding their business and living on this planet just like you? They were put here for a reason. And I don't think there was a mistake. I'm sorry to get on a tangent, but I just want us like. Amen. <laughs> no, because decolonization, some people don't like using using that word because some people think it's overused, but it is an ongoing lifelong process is never going to stop your descendants are going to inherit whatever work that you didn't get to finish on this earth hopefully you have you will have set the stage so that your children can come in and continue your children nieces whatever continue doing that work to undo centuries centuries of decolonization so that's my that's my little rant but yeah, everything that you said is true. People don't realize how important colonization is. And that is what makes it more powerful is because we ingest all of this violence as truth. 
something that really made me think differently. I took a class on race and rhetoric in college, and it was about the race behind the rhetoric that's used in media. Um, but something my professor told me that stuck with me for years is that 100% of the issues that Black people face in the United States is due to white supremacy. 100% of the issues. Anytime you blame a Black person or anytime you blame a Black body for doing something wrong or for not succeeding or for not behaving in a certain way, that's white supremacy because there's nothing inherently wrong with black people. Black people are responding to this initial violence that is white supremacy. Yes, was that Dr. D? Yes. <laughs> Listen, we gotta have her on the show, but that is so true. And I was actually thinking about this because a part of us understanding that nothing is wrong with inherently with black people is understand that even when they do things that we don't like or do things like um that may be actually harming people which this isn't like relinquishing accountability to anyone what I'm saying is and this is some someone who grew up thinking a, a certain way about my community like very negatively very anti-black um we have inherited a lot we have inherited ideas about gender about patriarchy even within our own communities we have a group that wants to dominate everybody else. Even within our own communities, we have a group that feels like you're black first. If you're black and gay, you're a traitor and you don't deserve to be alive. If you're black and trans, you're a traitor. You don't deserve to be alive. If you're a black woman, you're only the only thing you should be doing is submitting to me or in elevating the cause of the black man. Not your womanhood. Not not that you experience the same things that we experience. You are the descendant of the same things, but I am the top of this. Like the white man taught me that the man is at the top. And so I'm going to replicate that. Alice Walker been trying to tell y'all, but we ain't even got to go there today. I'm just saying like, that's what I think about. And that's why I have a lot of, I have empathy in places I don't like that makes me uncomfortable. So even when I critique black patriarchy, I have empathy in a way for black men because I know why they have inherited that. And I know that that is attached to trying to humanize themselves and reclaim something that was taken away from them. But it was taken away from all of us, not just you. So how do we work together and also honor each other in all our in all in all our like capacities and all the ways that we exist um so yeah I really like that um what Dr. D said I hope we can have her on the talk again <laughs> I'm glad that you brought up that point because I find that a lot of times at least in the black community the only oppression that is validated or that is centered is white supremacy and we have this false belief that like once white people are gone, oppression will be over with. When in reality, oppression is 
interconnected. There are many different things that are keeping black people down. White supremacy is one of them. It's a very powerful one, but there's also capitalism. There's also sexism. There's also queerphobia, transphobia, ableism. There are all of these other issues that are working together. And so something that I really appreciated was a tweet I saw a while ago that was like, y'all think the Black Panthers was for everybody black, when in reality, someone like Fred Hampton was talking about the importance of working across races. He helped found the Rainbow Coalition that worked with other people of color as well as poor white people because he was like, we have to get rid of capitalism, which is keeping all of us down. Like we have to work together to get rid of all oppression, not just white supremacy. So yeah. I, I like when people remind us that a lot of the people that we quote when it comes to black power are also fighting against black capitalism, including Martin Luther King before he was assassinated. And th this isn't really even a conspiracy theory because I've heard people share the same sentiments. But I believe 100% uh, uh, that a part of him getting assassinated, assassinated was really because of that threat of a multiracial class a class movement, a movement that was rooted in class and that was rooted in pushing back and resisting um, cap capitalism. So, yeah, it's not it's not just like there are so many layers to us getting free um, that we don't think about because we want to we want to get free but still be comfortable. We still want our class privilege at the expense of poor people, that kind of thing. I'm not sure of the actual name of the rebellion, but there was a rebellion where um, black people and poor white people worked together to overthrow, you know, the capitalist party in power. Um, and they almost succeeded. And after that, there was a shift in whiteness where the white elites were like reaching out to poor white people and be like, hey, if you aspire high enough, you can be white and rich like us. The thing that's keeping you down are those people enslaved over there. So it's like all of these people that, you know, MLK, like you said, Fran Hampton, who were both assassinated, were both trying to create this multiracial movement to overthrow the system in power. I was going to say... I know what you're talking about. Any book or any good book that talks about the history of whiteness as a construct will touch on that because poor whites, working class whites were given incentives that put them just slightly above black people and they bought into it. And so now this is why you have not all working class and poor whites are voting in a particular way but a lot of them are voting against their own interest um and, and there's a pattern um because you have created this idea that whiteness is superior no matter that you have more in common with these black people that are your neighbors you have more in common with them than a donald trump than a bill gates like you have but they don't see that and it's so deeply ingrained. I've been doing some readings on this. And so it's complicated because right now I feel like my biggest priority is getting black folks to read, to, to, to decolonize our minds in certain types of way. I don't know what to do with people that are getting 
fucked over by the by this system who happens to be white and they are still so invested in trying to dominate us and act like black people are the problem immigrants are the problem asian americans are the problem like i don't know what to do with that but i know what we can do and how we can um get freer they could do whatever they want and really all the white people that are coming in our spaces trying to prove their allyship your allyship should be going into your communities and getting those white people free so we can do what we need to do to overthrow the ruling class i think in terms of like educating white people like you said i don't think that's our job to do i think that's for other white people to do because i think we all have our own work that we need to do before we can like have this multiracial movement for white people they need to divest from you know white supremacy as well as everything else the rest of us need to divest from which is patriarchy capitalism homophobia uh transphobia ableism uh, all the isms um but yeah once we all do the work that we need to do in our own communities then it'll be a lot easier to work across the board because that's really what we need to overthrow the people in power but i do understand a lot of black people's hesitation with working with white people because white people have a lot of work that they have resisted doing for so long that it can be kind of hard <laughs> to organize together but yeah yeah that's a good point but i guess to really wrap this up in a way that make like to kind of tie it all in together is that decolonization it's not just us that are de that need to be decolonizing ourselves though i would argue black people have been doing the heavy lifting in no shade but of all groups of, of, of all groups because there are so many groups that don't want to reckon with why they feel like black people are not only beneath them but also we're supposed to Anytime anything happens, we're supposed to then march for them. We're supposed to like, yes, we should be showing up for each other. But you can't you can't expect us. At least not all of us, because for me, I already know, like we all of color or whatever. And I know anti-blackness is something else. But at the end of the day, I know that those people that you are trying to align with at our expense, they're going to dispose of you as soon as they're done with us. So that's why I don't take y'all that seriously. But what I will say is that when it comes to folks of color, you have to recognize that black people have done a lot of work to be better, to be freer. Even with the way we look at class, at the way we look at gender, black feminists have been talking about the intersections of race gender and class for a long ass time and sexuality that's work like that's internal work we all have to do that and yes black people are ahead of the game and i'm not taking it back because we are because we're even recognizing the ways that we replicate white supremacy and we're admitting it and we're trying to do better so in order for all of us to get free you have to do some reckoning with yourself i've done reckoning with the fact that growing up, I was transphobic. I didn't know anything about being transgender. I was transphobic. Literally, who knows when I unlearned all that homophobia, internalized homophobia. You know, internalized sexism. 
You can't get free until you admit the ways that you you're you're fucked up. It's not your fault. And then do better. So we can go ahead and take a break. Yeah, we can take a break. <laughs> Alright y'all, so let's get into some ways to support us. Follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Hoodoo Plants and Instagram at Hoodoo Plant Mamas. You can also share new episodes with your friends. If you're into monthly donations, you can join our Patreon where we share exclusive content like mini souls, tarot readings, and spiritual lessons. If you prefer a one-time donation, you can give any amount you want on Cash App at Hoodoo Plant Mamas or PayPal at hoodooplantmamas at gmail.com. If you are interested in sponsoring an episode, you can email us at hoodooplantmamas at gmail.com. We especially want to work with Black, Indigenous, POC-owned, and queer-owned businesses. But if you're a white business wanting to support the work of two Black women, we'll take that too. We have a new patron, Tayana. Thank you, Tayana, for supporting us. We definitely appreciate it. And let's get back to the show. All right. So the next conversation we're going to have is inspired by <laughs> um, Tesca Brown. I really hate the gorilla glue girl thing that everybody's been calling her it was a little too close to gorilla girl and then a little bit too close to racism so (laughs) um yeah but anyway this conversation is about black women and our relationship to our hair because this incident sparked so many debates um and as you said leah when we had a conversation outside of this about how people were having a hard time having empathy Now, before we get into that conversation, I'm going to admit because I'm human and I can't sit up here and (laughs) I'm just not that person, y'all. I be taking stuff to the group chat that would get me canceled. Not anything like problematic or violent, but sometimes I be like, when I first seen this, I was embarrassed. (laughs) I was embarrassed. I was like, why, why would she do this? Like, and then when I found out she was 40... I was like, this is, like, this wasn't a smart decision. Um, And then when I seen people talking about it, I got some more perspective because I wasn't, I wasn't super, I won't, maybe, maybe I was empathetic, but I was embarrassed for her because I was like, why would you tell us? Why would you tell us this? But also, why would you do this? Like your hair laid and stuff, but I just feel like it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worse. <laughs> like the ponytail was cute, but girl, you could have found you a lace front and got the same look or something. But um, okay. so, yeah, Leah, what were your initial thoughts? And you can be I mean, you can be as honest as you want to be. But that's that's my honestly, I was I remember I clipped it off. It took me a long time to watch it all the way through because I was like, because I do. I get secondhand embarrassment when black people do certain things because it's rooted. It's definitely rooted in respectability and a whole bunch of other things that I need to work on. But that's just how I felt. I was like, this is so fucking embarrassing like for us. <laughs> I think when I first saw it, um, I may have laughed, but I was also shocked. I was like, is that going to come out? And then 
a few days later, I saw the video of her trying to wash it out. And she said she tried to wash her hair 15 times in 30 days. And I was like, what's going to happen to her scalp? What's going to happen to her hair? I thought she was going to have to cut it off. And then when I saw the video of her at the hospital and she went home because they said she was going to have to stay there for 20 hours. Um, and I saw them or her sister, I think, applying the acetone to her hair and just like the way her face was squished up like she was in pain I was like oh my god so my biggest worry I guess was like what's gonna happen to her hair is her hair going to grow back like that was my or that's my first reaction was shock um because I couldn't believe something like this was happening and then second it was kind of like worry for her and her hair. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from like me and my relationship to my hair. Like the thing that made me so upset was seeing how everyone else reacted to it. Seeing everyone else be like, oh, why would she do something so stupid and tell us about it? And then when people were trying to reach out and help her, they were like, why are y'all trying to help her? She did this stupid thing. And then when she asked for money, um to help pay to get the treatment done it was like she's scamming y'all and I'm like how is she scamming when she's like I have this in my hair I can't afford to get it out or I can't afford to go to the hospital to get the treatment to get it out I need help like how is that scamming but um for me it reminded me like I was relaxed for nine years and during that time, I had scalp burns. I had um, burns all on my ends and my edges. Um, my hair would fall out. There was like, in ninth grade, I think, I had a bald spot on my hair that I was very like sensitive about. And I kept trying to cover and do all these things. But I kept putting a perm in my hair because that's what I was told to do. And um, I think for me these same people who are treating Tesca this way would have probably been like, well, why are you keep putting a perm in your hair when you know that it's making your hair fall out? Because that's what I was told to do. That's what everyone else was doing. And so when I saw her do that, it reminded me of the extremes that we go through as black women to have our hair perfectly laid down and to make sure that there are no flyaways or your edges don't curl back up, all these things, because we are always expected to perform beauty perfectly. And if we can't, then we're made fun of. And then I think for Tesca, she went to this extreme to not get made fun of, and then she's being made fun of. Yeah, because remember, we're nappy-headed, right? We're nappy-headed hoes. Yeah. So, um, yes, so I became disturbed when I, when I started seeing the tweets about her scalp. These were concerned tweets because I hadn't even thought about that. Like, yeah, this is laid the fuck down. Her scalp can't breathe. And so I started getting worried. I started experiencing anxiety with all the rest of the black women with sense on my TL. Um, <laughs> and my, this is my other thing. This is just how I move. And, and maybe it's problematic, but I, when it comes to black women, I seldom talk shit about, even if it's a really messed up black woman, I seldom talk shit about them on the internet. Will I go to the group chat and say, do you see what this did? But for me, it's like, there's enough people doing that unprovoked. 
even if you thought what she did was stupid or whatever, why y'all have to join in with people that were talking about her in a certain way because she was a black woman? I didn't see y'all doing all this when the kids was making their lips bigger with those, whatever they were doing. Like, okay, yeah, y'all were talking about them, but y'all weren't going to these extremes, I don't think. Um, When they were doing things like that, it, it made me uncomfortable for that reason. I just think that we ain't got to participate every time. Like, if you see a black woman getting dragged... You don't always have to participate in that. Why would you want to participate in this pile on when it was going to happen with or without you? Every black woman on the internet could have just not said anything about Tesca. And she still would have gotten thousands and thousands of people calling her stupid, dumb, da 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 And we're in a Facebook group. I won't name it. I don't know if any of y'all listen to this. If you do, you probably not the ones that was in the comments calling her an idiot um, and that kind of thing. I was glad when people in the comments said some of y'all are being ableist because it was a lot of language that people often use, or maybe you grew up here with people who have like learning disabilities or some other kind of disability that um, maybe reshapes how they process things in their brain, like how a person processes things. So you coming for her on a like neurological level, which is just unnecessary. We don't know this woman's life, but all of us have done things that are ridiculous. Any type of body modification, whether it's doing some shit to your hair, if your your hair naturally grows out kinky and you do something to it, that is a part that is a body modification. You're literally forcing your hair to do something it does not naturally do. When you dye it, when you put on the waist trainer, y'all not really ready for that conversation. So we are all doing really stupid, horrible things to our bodies for the in, in the name of like being beautiful by society standards. A lot of us. So for me, some of the some of the outrage was a little bit you pushing it. Y'all talking about she forty? It's forty year old women on the internet selling uh whatever that belly tea is. Lines of the internet. It's 40-year-old women getting Botox. If that's your thing, fine. But let's keep it like, <laughs> let's keep it a hundred. A hundred. Like, it don't matter what age you are. People do dumb shit in order to feel and look and be beautiful. And that's just that. She just happened to do something like this that went viral. Something that I know a lot of people want to do is get their butt done get a brazilian butt lift that has the highest mortality rate out of all plastic surgery and you if you get it done you have to get it done right one um and people are going to all these extremes to have this like instagram butt and it's like you could die from that there should be some kind of empathy given to tessica because like yeah she did something stupid but it wasn't like she didn't know it was stupid. That's why she went on TikTok and was like, hey y'all, I made a mistake. Don't do something like this. <laughs> she had exhausted all her resources. She tried to figure out what to do. And probably like most of us who have never put Gorilla Glue in her in our hair, she was probably like, oh, this will wash out, you know, in a wash or two. And it didn't. I mean, if you ever gotten a perm 
you don't even need to be in this conversation. Like, <laughs> shitting on anybody at least. If you done ever got a perm, what's something else? If you done ever ate ramen noodles, like uh, the, the, <laughs> the real cheap kind. Uh, but anyway, I wanted to build on this conversation with even the way hairstylists are moving now. Now, my upbringing was my my granny used to hot comb my hair until she got tired of it. Some and actually, I might be remembering this wrong, and I actually need to verify this with her because before I be out here lying, but I think someone permed my hair when I was really young without my grandma's consent. Like I, this was when I was still living in Chicago. She brought me down and I, maybe I was five or six and one of my cousins permed my hair because it was too nappy. But I also used to get my hair braided and pressed regardless of the texture. But now these new hairstylists are coming with all these rules that don't make no sense. Now you have to have your hair already detangled or your hair has to be washed before you come. Or if you got a certain texture, they don't do that. The fact that they're hair, excuse me, black hairstylist saying, I do not do 4C hair or 4B hair. You should be embarrassed. You should be embarrassed. I have went to a black braiding shop. Um, I don't know what country and I don't know what country they were from. They were not from the U.S., but that's besides one. They were black women with my thick natural hair way longer than this. Cause you know, I'm bald headed right now, but it's growing. I had a Tabitha <laughs> Afro. I had the Tabitha Fro. They didn't blink. She definitely said, girl, you got a lot of hair. You know, she was like, this a lot. You know, we got to charge you based on the thickness, which is fine. Like that makes sense. We're talking about micro braids. <laughs> Oh, you know what I mean? God. Or to kinky twist, whatever I was getting, they was little and it took them all day. And I had a lot of hair, but they didn't blink at the texture. She felt around and she said, all right, come on. And she did it. <laughs> and you couldn't see not a strand. I know black American girls who can braid. And it's the same thing. The girl who braided my hair all through high school, who was my age. It wasn't none of that. And I'm with the people that that's like, just say you can't do hair because you can. You can get mad when people say that, but you cannot do hair. If you if you out here saying that nappy hair, you don't do nappy hair. You're an embarrassment to your lineage. Y'all can give them this recording <laughs> if you want to. Go ahead. <laughs> but you're right. I was um, talking with this woman and she was trying to find someone to do her daughter's hair because my friend was like going to this hairstylist and the woman was like oh yeah I've been to her before but she can't do black people's hair because she got her degree at the um cosmetology school and they did not concentrate on black hair so the only hair she can do is like white people's hair or black people with like type three hair she can't do type four hair and so she charges more to do type four hair. And I'm like, mm. probably charges more and doesn't even do a good job. I, yeah. w- I wanted to mention this screenshot I seen on Twitter. This girl had posted it and said, 
look at this what this hairstylist just said to me so she has sent the hairstylist this message like hey this is so and so i wanted to know if you had any availability da 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 whatever to do my hair the girl didn't say hey good morning how you doing what's up she said is your hair nappy question mark you talking about the way I wanted to tell somebody to meet me outside. Like, I ain't wanted to do that in a long time. But, like, girl, you don't have to meet me in the streets. Like, what is that? Is your hair nappy? What's wrong with y'all? It's so... Now, that's more embarrassing than Tessica. What Tessica did. That's really embarrassing. Like, that you feel, really feel that way. Because at least Tessica's was a mistake. An honest mistake. You out here really telling black girls with hair that naturally go out of their scalp that, first of all, I know we're trying, I know a lot of people are like trying to decolonize nappy, decolonize everything, huh? So nappy isn't a bad thing, but we know in that content, she meant nappy is a bad thing. The fact that y'all are still using that to like describe hair that you don't want to deal with. It's sad, but that's that's a part of it. This is why we go to those lengths. This is why we um, perm our hair. And perm was actually probably way worse back then, like in the 90s and 80s. Ain't no telling what they was putting in. Half of that stuff probably banned in the U.S. or something now. Because, you know, they used to get away with a lot. Like, back then, in the 70s and stuff. Like, this is why our grandmamas used to be burning our ears. Putting a comb on a stove against fire to straighten our hair. I'm sorry, the power. The power of our hair, the fact that fire cannot even break our hair. Y'all need to stop being embarrassed of your naps. Nobody in the world has hair like us. I hope I'm not lying because, you know, I ain't been everywhere. I'm just saying African hair. Like, nobody in the world has our hair, to my knowledge. Yeah, and that's something that always, like made me upset um, because I was one of the first people in my community to go natural. And there were so many people was like, oh, your natural hair looks good on you, but it won't look good on me. And I'm like, girl, it's your hair that grows out of your scalp. And these were people who like to go around and tell people like, oh, God, don't make mistakes. But I'm like, so God made a mistake with your hair is what you're saying. Yeah, that's what y'all basically saying. Because... I didn't like that people, I I know a lot of girls and a lot of them went back to perms because they said, yeah, my hair was just too nappy or it was too hard to deal with or it looked, it, it was just too dry. One of the ways that the agenda to make black women hate their natural hair, especially if it's a certain uh, texture, is YouTube, YouTube Ooh, yes. videos. Y'all gotta stop letting these girls lie to y'all. These girls be talking about my see how I got my juicy curls with my 4C hair. Beloved, not you getting on here lying. Like, <laughs> y'all need to stop. Y'all need to start reporting these accounts. They deserve to be re- reported because you telling these girls that you got 4C hair and you don't. And I used to believe that too. Even with my own hair. I probably used to think I have 4C hair. I don't. Like, I can look at the way my curls look when my hair gets wet. I have, like, a mixture of 4B, mostly 4B, a little 4A, but not a lot, like, maybe in the back. And so my curls can do a particular thing. 
under the right kind of manipulation. But right now, you can't see no defined curls. Like, at the end of the day, my hair nappy, what the girls say. It's nappy. <laughs> you know? So, I, it's sad. It's sad, but I get it. Like, have you ever noticed the difference in how men approach you with straighter hair? versus a, a natural style or an afro or something have you ever picked up on that shit because it is actually hilarious i have not for the simple reason that i have not straightened my hair <laughs> in years but i will say like the, i got a lot of comments like my first few years into being natural oh, there were a lot of males who were like you looked better with straighter hair and I was like quit lying to me I did not <laughs> oh my gosh that is you know what I did not experience that and I went so I went natural when I after I graduated I've had I've done the big chop three times this is my third big chop ever but one thing that I noticed as I got older like going out and stuff men be doing this whole weird thing like queen you like man I love the natural look on sisters like you look good embrace your natural beauty da 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 which is crazy cause most cause y'all be ignoring me anyway you saying all that but you looking at my friend who's tall lighter skin thinner whatever but y'all be always gotta feel the need to come to the side with the I guess the quote unquote less pretty friend just to tell me to keep embracing my inner beauty um <laughs> But I say all that to say, I have gotten more compliments. And, you know, I don't really be, I, I also am attracted to men, kind of, and <laughs> like a small portion of them. And I will say I've probably gotten more compliments with my natural hair than when I have on a wig or something. But, it, you know, even that, you attract hoteps sometimes with your natural hair when they start with all that queen shenanigans. I'm not your queen, okay? I'm not. <laughs> and then with men, there's even this, like, like, levels of natural hair. I knew someone who was like, I want someone who has natural hair and don't be putting weave in her hair a lot or don't be like getting braids or, you know, stuff like that a lot. And I'm like, uh, it's a protective style. She still has natural hair under all that. This is one of those instances, like a lot of time where y'all need to stay out of black women business. You're in our <laughs> business. Why are you concerned? Liz, I, at this point, I'm going to do what I want to do. The thing about me. I'm never putting a creamy crack in my hair again, but I'm always have a wig. I'm always do braids, yarn braids, yarn twists. Like that's me. I've always changed my hair like crazy. Like, you know, I was the girl in school where the, the white teacher couldn't keep up. Okay. Like <laughs> that's gonna always be me catch up or get lost. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so I guess to wrap up with um, decolonizing, especially around hair, I really, the point I really wanted to get across was that Black women are allowed to make mistakes. I find it so often, like, if a Black woman makes a mistake and it's to her detriment, for example, with Tessica, it was 
the blame was shifted on her. It was she should have known better when in reality, she probably didn't think it was going to be as bad as it was. And so a lot of that goes back to our conversation in the in the beginning when we were like, anytime you blame a black person or a black body for something, that is violence. And that is something we need to work through. So I really hope like in the future, um, if a black person does something ridiculous, gets on the internet and says, hello, I made a mistake. Can I get some help? I hope that there is more sympathy for them because it will set a precedent of black women being able to reach out for help and getting the help that they need. Because I, something else that was upsetting um, that we didn't talk about was that Tesca Brown raised, I think, $20,000 and she donated it to help other people who go through like similar situations that she went through even though she got her her surgery, her Gorilla Glue removal for free. And people were like, well, that's what she should have done. And even Tessica, she was like, there were other people who were trying to help me and I denied their help because I was afraid people were gonna say I was only in it for like the money or something. When in reality, she wanted help to get the Gorilla Glue out of her hair and to keep her hair. So that was disheartening to me because I wanted I, I didn't mind if Jessica Brown kept the $20,000. Like, she has five kids. She's a mother. They're like, I don't mind if she kept that money. Um, I was just very disgusted at the way that people attacked her for asking for help and then attacked her for getting the help that she asked for. Because if anything, we should be happy that, you know, one, a black woman is being like, hey, I made a mistake and I need help. And two, that so many people are willing to help her because I thought that that was really beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. and I hope that more black people will feel empowered to ask for help because we don't have to suffer in silence. We deserve help. And as I said earlier, we deserve ease. We deserve support. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because Tessica couldn't win. You know how pathetic people are on the internet. A lot of people on the internet, And maybe this can go into a larger conversation. A lot of people are so miserable. And I get it. This world sucks. But I seen someone say um, when it came out that she was donating money, donating the money. You expect me to believe this? Da-da-da-da-da. Like it was people denying it. I was like, what do y'all want then? What do you really want? We're all so miserable. And the fact that we you just get on the internet and you put that misery all out because you want other people to be miserable and you want to assume the worst about everybody is so like sad and pathetic the way people engage with this entire story. So she does the right thing. What you see is the right thing. And now you don't believe it. But you believe that she got a lawyer to sue them when she said she, that wasn't the case. You want to assume the worst about black people and it goes back to what you said earlier about it being rooted in white supremacy um i also want to say this is something that uh crystal was it crystal or kid you one of them said on the read um which is a podcast it's super super popular so i'm sure y'all done heard of it i ain't really got to go into it but um they were talking about how like first of all Y'all already be using stuff for your hair and stuff that you're not supposed to be using. Apparently, y'all been using um, Elmer's glue or certain types of glue to put on eyelashes that you ain't supposed to be doing. Like, all kind of weird uh, shit. the track glue. 
track glue. But also, for their eyelashes, yeah. but also, I think Crystal said that people be using. It was one of them said that people also used to be using Elmer's glue for their edges. I know you can use Elmer's glue for your eyebrows too. That's yeah, maybe that use. was it. Maybe that was it. But the point is, y'all need to stop pretending like y'all don't be out here being reckless. You just ain't never had it go that bad. I mean, I put an air on my eyebrows and people have told me that I'm not supposed to. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, I do. Purr. Like, I've never had a problem. I've been doing this all my life. But one time my friend, I'm actually going to say her name because I want her to be embarrassed, Velvet, um, <laughs> snuck into my nair when we were in college and living together. Oh and she got blisters. You know, some people, some people built for it. I'm true to this, not new to this. Like, so maybe you don't use nail your eyebrows, but I do, and I've been just fine. You see, you see how they looking? That the way my eyebrows looking now, that was the strong kind too. That's the kind you put on your like, on your legs and stuff. But I ain't had a problem. But I'm just saying, we all out here doing foolish stuff. Let me knock on wood, cause then next episode I'm gonna say, y'all remember how? <laughs> Somebody gonna leave a comment and say, girl, that's dangerous. Like somebody's gonna be concerned <laughs> when they hear that. But yeah. Any other last thoughts? Um, that's all I had to say. Just kind of be nicer to black women. Black women, especially black women who make mistakes, deserve your sympathy and support, not your judgment, not your what's it called? Condescend condescendingness. Yeah, condescension. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Oh, I think I pronounced it wrong too. But yeah, and stop calling her Gorilla Glue Girl. I don't like it. It feels like racism. Um, her name's Tessica. All right. Well, if you like this show, you can like, rate, and review Hoodoo Plant Mamas on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or whatever streaming platform you use. If you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll make sure to read it on the show. Leo Wellentoski said, I absolutely love the show and the perspective. I started listening to the show to get the perspective of fellow witches from different racial backgrounds than me, and I'm learning so much. I particularly like the episode about God and nature. As a survivor of depression and suicide, I know firsthand in the healing powers that being with Mama Earth can bring. I came to know her as the triple goddess of Celtic folklore. I first came across your show because I don't know too many who share my first name. So special shout out to Leah from Leah. Thank you. Blessed be to you both. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. We appreciate (laughs) you for listening. Um, If anything from the show resonated with you, make sure to share with us on social media. You can also find us on Twitter at Hoodoo Plants and Instagram at Hoodoo Plant Mamas. Stay tuned for the next episode. Bye. Bye, y'all.